Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. going on everyone welcome into the dnvr nuggets podcast dmba show let's go <laughs> let's go dude finally the two we are presented game. by DraftKings sportsbook make sure to use code dnvr when you sign up and download the DraftKings sportsbook app harrison wind joined by eric you know him as d-line co and i gotta say eric i love super producer kale he's great for the company He's great for our show. I wouldn't rather have anybody else produce our show. Sure. But I mean, that wasn't that hard. The intro slide plus the, plus the uh, pre-show bumper was pretty flawless, wouldn't you say? Ooh, I got to say, uh, Kale, I know you're not watching. Pack your shit. <laughs> I mean, we know you're not watching. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We love you, Kale. We could not do it without you. Um, we got a fun show today. We're going to continue our season and review series. We're going to talk about Aaron Gordon, what we thought of him this season, what we've learned about him through 100 games, some of his best moments, uh, where he grew as a player, where he might have regressed as a player. Uh, so we're going to get into all of that. We also might have a special guest joining us, maybe. What? I don't, I'm scared to go to him because his, uh, his technical abilities have been kind of questioned here. In the ramp up to the show, but superstar uh, dev, is that uh, is that you? I am here. I am oh ready. I am God. ready to talk. Oh Let's God, do this. Dude. Look at oh you guys. My you guys God. look wow. good. You guys look like you guys miss me. But we haven't seen you since since the season ended, man. How is your off season treating you? I went into a hiatus. I just listened to you guys. I don't even put the video on. I listened to you guys in the car, and I'm yeah. like, you know what? They they're a lot better like this. When you listen it's, to you yeah, guys in it's the car. a lot better to just not watch us and just listen to us. That's not yeah. I, you guys have radio faces. That's what I've like learned. Like you guys, are not attractive, but do sound really, really good. Not you, Harrison. You're attractive, of course. Oh yeah, I, I felt like that was directly pointed at me. Listen, I'm fine with it. Uh, I don't even have a radio voice. Like, what what do I have? Just a general voice. Just a voice. Just a regular general voice. human voice. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, glad you're here, Dev. We ready to give some takes on Aaron Gordon season. Let's do it. Let's talk Aaron Gordon, the man. <laughs> Let's do it. So Aaron Gordon, he's played more than a hundred games with the Nuggets. Now one full season in Denver, 
And then he obviously was here for half a season last year in the playoffs. I'll throw it to you, D-line, first. What's kind of maybe your biggest takeaway or what have you learned about Aaron Gordon? What's one thing you've learned about him through his first hundred games first is through one and a half seasons in Denver. Well, what I, I mean, the first thing is that he's not even close to the player that I thought he was from afar in uh, Orlando. I really thought he was just like a, um, I don't know what I thought he was. He's just like a more of a He's more of a gritty player than I realized. And like when he's at his best is when he is being like really physical I just thought mm-hmm. about him as sort of like a highlight dunk guy, maybe like kind of a glamorous kind of player, like scoring a lot of points, leading the team. And he's not that at all, man. He's like a, he's like a, as close to a blue collar, uh, like NBA player as the Nuggets have outside of probably Jamichael Green. Um, and I also know, like I also learned that like he's not horribly consistent. He's like not mm-hmm. like he can be super dominant, but he can get bumped out of that like pretty easy. And then um, you can go on long stretches with Aaron Gordon where he seems like hapless, where he like settles for uh, jump shots and three pointers, which always seem like folly for him. Um, but then he's like shown us that he can always sort of like find his way back. But he seems like he is uh, his game, like when it's firing at, at all cylinders is is a physical game and he gets injured in minor ways. A lot that derailed that is what I've learned. Keenan says he ran into Aaron Gordon at Shake Shack and Rhino. So chill, not surprising at all. Like that's pretty normal. Chillest dude uh, shook my wife's hand. Good, good detail there. Did he shake your hand as well? Or just your wife's? <laughs> I know. Cause if so, that's like not that cool, frankly. <laughs> um, no deal. I agree with your points there. The first one you made is actually one that I had on my list too. Like, I feel like Aaron Gordon's tough. He's a fighter, man. Uh, he doesn't mind confrontation. I mean, there were a couple this season when he got into Russell Westbrook's face. Keenan says, "Just my wife's." Okay, good oh to boy, know. he was uh, just—he wasn't being polite. He was hitting on your wife. Just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but Aaron Gordon, man, he can—he's not afraid to get into it. Like he's not afraid to get his hands dirty. Um, He—I feel like he likes confrontation. Uh, the Aaron, the uh, Draymond Green dust up the, the Russell Westbrook dust up during the season. And I'm with you. Like, I didn't know really anything about the type of person Aaron Gordon was when he was in Orlando. I mean, we all just knew him as the dunk contest guy. Uh, But I feel like he is a tough player who, you know, he's not going to back down. I feel like the Warrior series was a great illustration of that. He kind of got sunned through those first couple of games by Draymond Green. But I think in the end showed that he can definitely fight through adversity. What about you, Dev? What's something you learned about Aaron Gordon uh, through his time? In I think that uh, I think Eric makes a really good point as far as uh, he's a lot different than what I expected coming into the season. Um, I believe that, you know, especially coming from Orlando, this is a guy that was pretty much their best player and a player that they like, you know, made things happen around. He was the first option um, most nights. Um, and I didn't even know he was a good, like a really good defender going into. Um, yeah. Like, I didn't know that that's what he had to do because he was on a team that was not a contender. They really didn't have much to play for. So um, when you're young and in those type of situations, you just try to score. You just try to um, gun and everything is uh, centered around you. Uh, But to go to see that he's a player that's willing to do whatever the team asks him to do and steps up to the occasion, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, When he first got into Denver, um, 
he had to adapt. He went from being a guy that was the number one option to now being the third, fourth, you know, option, pretty much fourth option, actually. Um, and that's when he got to focus on the defense. He got to um, just have an assignment every single night. And I was like, maybe he's not going to adapt in that type of way or that's not what he's going to accept. And he did accept his role and they won with him. So he already took away the idea that he wasn't a winner because he clearly won um, in that way and he was willing to do um, what was asked of him. Then you go into this year and guys get hurt. He never makes an excuse at all. He didn't say anything about being injured. He didn't say anything about having to have, you know, guard assignments as well as big men that he's having to. He's playing multiple positions. He's defending multiple positions. And not one time was there an excuse made. He just stepped up. Um, and did what was asked of him. He had to score um, and become that second option, which he was fine with. Um, he had to still defend, even though that there were some ups and downs, I'm sure that we're going to talk about here shortly. But he's yeah. a player that I feel like Denver, um, they needed a change from Grant, who wanted to be a star that was not in a situation too. And they found a perfect situation that's just kind of similar to um, Jeremy Grant but also a lot more low maintenance as well as more productive. No, I agree. That was another note I had. He's willing to adjust his game and he's a completely different player now. And we'll get into this when we go over his stats and stuff and where his shots are coming from, but he's a totally different player now than he was in Orlando. And you got to give him a lot of credit for that because he came here, saw what the nuggets needed him to do. They needed him to be their best defender. And I feel like he's had a really good run on defense here over the last one and a half years. And at times this year as well. And he's just kind of been a complimentary offensive piece. You know, he's, he's not a play starter, which he was in Orlando. A lot of times he's a play finisher. So I give a lot of credit to Aaron Gordon for adjusting his game. And at the age he is, you know, you don't really see a ton of guys who are like still in their prime. Aaron Gordon's still in his prime but kind of adjusting his game to go from more of a star role to a secondary role. That's, that's really well put. Like you don't ever see that. Like you see role players that are like, I mean, Jeremy Grant is the perfect example. Like he was at a place where he wanted more. So he went and like made offensive showcase his or made offense like a major part of what his game is all about. And yeah. uh, Aaron Gordon had that in Orlando and he happily has accepted, you know, this, this role of uh, just being a team player. I also love that. He just like <clears throat> the quote, you know, that we keep going back to at the end of the season that he just like really wants to improve his basketball IQ. Like the idea that, um, he is just being introduced to basketball on like such a different level. He's played it his whole oh, life. Yeah. And, like, now, you know, playing alongside Jokic, he's like, oh my God, like, what am I doing? Like, what, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this is. Uh, yeah. yeah and, and I know we're talking about Aaron Gordon, but also like that just goes to the point of Jokic makes players around him a lot better. Like for a guy to excel in this league and to be a really good um, and important piece, and for him to go into a situation with a relatively new superstar um, and says that he still has to learn the game of basketball, he still has to get better um, on things that just come natural to people. Like, that just goes to show, the, like, the, how complex of a player, you know, Jokic is, as well as, like, how he's pushing people to want to be better um, himself. It wasn't like, you know, Jokic ever called out 
Aaron Gordon on not knowing how to play with him. This is a guy that's just like, hey, I'm going to adapt. I want to learn how to play alongside him. I, we play really well. We have that um, that connection on the court, but I want to get better with it, and I want it to adapt in different ways. And another great piece is, like, he didn't even bring up Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Like, he, he stayed on Jokic, and that might, you know, give us, like, a look behind the curtain as well as saying, hey, like, this is who our best player is. This is who we're going to go around. Now we have to adapt to him. And it seems like Aaron Gordon was the first one to, to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He is just – he's playing a totally different, like, style of basketball now than he played in Orlando. It's just, like, totally different worlds that he, that he went from from Orlando to Denver. And I think he's kind of flourishing. Let's go over some of his numbers from this season – 15 points per game he averaged. That's his highest since 2018-2019. 4.2 rebounds, 2.5 assists per game. Check out these numbers, though. Aaron Gordon shot 52% from the field this season. Uh, It's not a career high, but it's his highest since he shot 47% in 2016. Like, 2016 was a while ago. Uh, 57.3 effective field goal percentage for Gordon this season. That was a career high. Previous high was 52%, which was last year. So Aaron Gordon had the most efficient season of his career this year. And that's interesting because he was like the number two or number three option for the Nuggets a lot on the offensive end of the floor. He had to shoot a lot of threes. He had to create his offense at times with no Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. So I think just the fact that he had such an efficient season being, uh, an option where he was kind of miscast a little, in my opinion, that was a little impressive. The three point shooting, not great from him. He shot 33%. His career average is 32%. I will talk in a little bit how most of his shots came from the corners though, from three, which I, I think is encouraging. And here's the most interesting stat I found from his, from his season. Aaron Gordon had 130 dunks this year. His previous career high was 104 in 2018-2019. He set a career high in dunks this season. His last two years, check this out, his last two years, 88 dunks in 62 games in 2020, 52 dunks in 50 games last year. So he's just dunking way more this season. What do you think about that, Dion? I'm actually surprised by that. Like to me, it seems like we don't see him dunk enough. I, I, I'm amazed. I mean, this is again, this is just like what you expect Aaron Gordon to be versus what he actually is. Because um, like the dunks are like the, the those are what I think of most when I think of his. You know, like when he's being most impactful, he's like dunking with anger and like yeah, like bringing you know like rattling rims and shit and like getting people like I mean like he he is a player that can like get the crowd involved and the rest of the team involved and like can actually be like very strategic about just his placement uh a lot you know being able to receive passes from Jokic and just yam them on fools like yeah. i just i always just thought he was just just straight up dunker it's it's wild to me that this is the most he's done i mean does that surprise you it it's surprising until you kind of think about what his role was i mean how many dunks did he get just playing off a of yoke like no, totally. probably at least half of those. Yeah, he got some in transition. He got some one-on-one. But, I mean, the dunks I remember from him, you know, were coming off like that 5-4 pick and roll or him in the dunker spot getting a bounce pass from Jokic in the paint. So I, I think it's a product of 
the Nuggets system and who he's playing with, but also Aaron Gordon, you know, he stayed pretty healthy this year, 75 games last year. He only played in 50 games total. I think 25 of those came with Denver. So he was able to stay healthy. That's why his numbers are also up, but it was kind of, you know, just surprising to see on paper, 130 dunks. Like he blew his previous career high of 104, like out of the water. What do you think about that, Dev? Yeah, I think that it kind of does make sense. I bet you, like, if you look at his PER, like, it looks a lot different. But it just shows his ability to adapt. I'm sure in Orlando, he was doing a lot of having the ball in his hands and having to create for himself and also coming off of screens. Um, And you just spoke about it, Harrison. He's now in the dunker spot where he's, like, a lot more natural. Um, So he's able to just go up and use his athletic abilities instead of having to break a defender down and then try to go dunk on him or through him. Um, he's also not seeing uh, double teams in the same ways that he was. Um, maybe they're shading him, um, but it's not like where he's the focus. So, like, that does make sense. Um, and also the the health. Um, I mean, he was able to play a lot more. He was also able to um, help Denver in a lot of different ways. They have point guards who can, you know, throw the ball up and he goes and gets it. He did not really have that in Orlando. He was the, um, the guy that created for them. Their second best player was their center. So, uh, you know, of course, like, yeah. he's not a passing center the same way that Jokic is um, and putting him in those spots. Uh, but, I mean, Aaron Gordon, like, having those type of stats, like, it just shows, like, how efficient he was. It shows how open the offense was and also how he had to switch um, his role and be able to, to be productive in it. Um, those numbers are great, especially seeing that he went through some lows um, shooting the basketball. Um, there was, like, times that he just wasn't. Um, he also wasn't as aggressive until he started to get called out a lot more. So, like, I'm sure that that, like, um, like increased those numbers and things like that. But we're just seeing, like, a lot of different ways that he's able to score and, and open up the offense through him. So it's great that there's not, like, just numbers to say he's only a, yeah. a corner shooter. He's only, a, you know, a slasher. Like, he showed, like, a, a big repertoire. If you go back and look at the point guards Aaron Gordon played with in Orlando – it's like the ugliest list you could ever put together. Yeah. I'm pretty like sure Jameer Nelson, DJ Augustine. I don't even know if he crossed over with Jameer Nelson. I think the best point guard he might have played with was like Alfred Payton or DJ Augustine. I like the DJ Augustine gets dragged on the show from time to time. I I'm a big fan of DJ Augustine. I yeah, but he's game. not he's not setting Aaron Gordon up with a ton of alley. No, definitely That's not. The- no, no, he's not. He's not the greatest passing uh, player of uh, this generation. You're right. That's, yeah, that's he's he's definitely uh, in a much better situation to catch lobs here in Denver. Uh, D line, what do you think of Aaron Gordon as a three point shooter? Because he shot about his career average from three this season, but I don't know. I kind of felt more confident in his three point shot than I guess the numbers would suggest like a little more confident, not much, but, but like because, a little, not what the word, the word is streaky. Uh, yeah, he's not a yeah. good, he's not a good three point shooter. Just, he's just not like, but he can get on a roll. He was his, his season was beginning of the year. He was awesome in all aspects, middle of the year. He was terrible in all aspects. And I think he was hurt. And then he like started to get good again, going into the playoffs and then like bad for the first two games and then showed back up and like reminded us like why, you know, we were so excited when we got him. Um, so, I mean, he was awful in the middle of the season. There, there's just times he's just not a, he's not a guy you want to be relying on to shoot the three pointer. He has like some ability, but 
you know, like what it's like you want. I mean, he is a player that is shooting threes because Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. aren't there to take them instead. Also because defense is just, yeah, like to your point, And because of that, the defense is just leaving him wide open. Like totally. he's, he's absolutely wide open. He just kind of has to take him. His November, Aaron Gordon's November, 14 and a half points per game, six rebounds, two and a half assists. He shot 40% from three. Yeah. He came out on games. fire, man. Yeah. What, what do you what think of uh, Aaron Gordon? With, but what did he end with? What was his three point percentage for the season as a whole? Uh, he ended shooting 33%, which is yeah, just about right. his season average. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. 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 I, I think that if it was in a, a different situation, so it's hard to even put a, like a guy, I was going to say like maybe Jeff Green and things like that. It works in different ways. Um, the only reason that it made it very difficult is when Aaron Gordon is shooting the three ball, that means that he's given the defense a pass because him going downhill and attacking is like where the defense is, you know, on their heels the most. And also it's not what they want him to do. If you could like change the fact that he's not just shooting threes the entire time, now he's applying pressure on the defense and, and making yeah. you scramble a lot more. So I think that's where it becomes difficult with Aaron Gordon. I am excited that, that he was able to, shoot the ball without actually feeling um, pressure. So it wasn't like, you know, I don't, he doesn't have the green light, but also if guys know that and he's just going to shoot, you know, I mean, just dunk every single time, they're going to pack the paint. It makes it a lot more difficult for Jokic to have any room to operate. So him having the ability to, um, I think it actually was like a weapon for Denver, him having the ability to shoot the three ball went well for them. But also, he can mix it up now. So now defenses have to guess, like, okay, we can't leave him out there on the island every single time. But also, if we don't, you know, close out on him, he can knock it down. But he also can dunk as well. So I think that while it, like, the numbers suggest that it was not, like, so well, I think that it helped um, in regards of the defense is still guessing on Aaron Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely are guessing. Um, all right, let's hit a break real quick. We're going to talk about Aaron Gordon's defense and then – what we thought his best game was, his best moment of the season. I'm sure you guys have a long list prepared of those. Um, but <laughs> uh, I guess I'm doing the breaks as well on today's show. Yeah, man, you're, uh, like, Ivaka, you're five to a player today. TV, I am, I am. Ivaka TV, <laughs> if you haven't been able to watch Nuggets and Avs games this season, you got to check out Ivaka TV. They've got Altitude Sports. They've got other national channels as well. Now available in Denver and Colorado Springs. With baseball season underway, you can watch the Rockies too on AT&T, Sportsnet, Rocky Mountain. How you get set up with Ivaka TV. Go to ivaka.tv slash DNVR. Use promo code DNVR. You're going to get $10 off your first three months. That's only $15 per month. For the first three months, plus you get a receiver as well. No contracts, no hidden fees. So get set up with these guys over the summer. You'll be set, ready to go for Nugget season in October. Ivaka.tv slash DNVR. Use promo code DNVR. You're going to get $10 off your first three months. Oh, baby. Also at DraftKings Sportsbook, NBA playoff action is nonstop. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA they're ready to hook you up. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win. Get $150 in free bets if they do. If you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs, check out DraftKings Same Game Parlays. You can do that uh, with any NBA game. Player props, team props, whatever prop you want, DraftKings Sportsbook has it. 
Uh, so make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code DNVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Yes. Razor burn. Just, you know, carrying the squad like usual. Ridiculous. Putting on my number 15 today. You Dude, you're carrying Doing the squad. No, but you're carrying the squad like uh, Luca is carrying the, the Mavs. Like, we're not winning. Did, did you... Did you watch that game last night? <laughs> that game was terrible. I hate, I hate how Dallas plays basketball. Like, is Luka is Luka Doncic? Is Luka Doncic not just James Harden reincarnated? He is. He's the biggest. He is a ball black hole. Like, I made a couple of comments. Like, dude, if I was playing offense with Jay, with Luka Doncic, you're like, yeah, all right, just tell me when he's done. Like, shoot it. Like. Whatever, like let, just let me know when it's over, man. I'll you guys look down. extremely unhappy alone, like off the ball. You don't know when it's coming to you. Um, it, it just really when he gets it, it's like a lot of pick and rolls. He's like directing you where to go and things like that. So, Razor Burn, yeah, Harrison could be Luca in that situation. He's just telling <laughs> sure, us dude. what to do, and we just. But then you guys hate it. me. Then you guys hate me. <laughs> we hate then you. You're and and, dirty and it's a thirty-point loss in the end. Like that's. But. <laughs> The the Dallas game was so predictable because Luca dominates the first half. Then he just gets tired, and the Suns put him in pick and roll every single oh, play God. in the fourth quarter. The Boom! Like chamber. it's such an easy formula. The absolute torture chamber. That was so bad. It was like, like what a dude. I, I mean, it just like the that little the house of cards that uh, Dallas is playing with just. I mean, it's so it was so obvious. Like they were ahead. That that's the script of that game. If you weren't watching it, you're like, okay, they're going to be ahead. They're going to slowly lose the lead, and then the, the wheels are going to fall off. Like I, I thought they were going to lose by seven, not like twenty four, whatever they ended up losing by. Yeah, like, the wheels. That was the that was the definition of the wheels coming off. Definition. <laughs> that was bad. All right. Let's talk about Aaron Gordon's defense here. Uh, we're back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Of course, use code DNVR when you sign up and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. My kind of, if I had to write like a one sentence thesis or topic oh. sentence on, uh, yeah, that, that's for you, Dev. That's for you. Um, if I had to write a one topic <laughs> sentence on Aaron Gordon's defense, I said all NBA at the beginning of the season, but regressed as the season went on and had some moments in the playoffs. Like, doesn't that kind of sum up his season? Absolutely. And then just really thinking about him as a defender this year, um, I think that it was like actually like a, a positive like learning lesson for Denver um, because I felt like that they felt like they had a guard, a guy that can guard anyone. And I think as the season pro like progressed and especially in the playoffs, they seen he is he is a big guy. He's not supposed to be trying to get through all of these screens um, he, like his success is like guarding players like a. Uh, um, Kawhi Leonard, um, LeBron James, Luka Doncic, like those type of players that are big and um, aggressive and strong. And he got put in a situation where it's lots of pick and rolls. It's like trying to guard like players like John Morant and Steph Curry, who like is just a difficult for any guard, but also your big man should not be trying to get through screens and have to chase the entire time. So I think that that's where Denver learned like, hey, we have to have somebody else. And you've seen Austin Rivers gets a lot more um, opportunity to guard those type of guards. And I think that's going to be like uh, something that they try to fill in the off season. 
Um, but as far as like Aaron Gordon himself, I feel like when he's locked in on something, that's what he wants to accomplish. Uh, I feel like earlier when he first got to Denver, um, the ability to be able to just focus on defense, he made them so much better and they got a lot of better in that. Um, then he had to become the second option offensively, and that's what his focus was. So whatever he actually has to um, focus on is the biggest point, and I feel like that's where it was for him. So um, good season like as far as defense, and he brings that into him, and I think that Denver is very confident that they have a defender, but also a learning season where it's like, hey, we can't have him do this every single night. Also, let's give him some like time off, days off, um, another guy that can be with him. Dude, uh, I can't believe we didn't wish this to you. Do you I know. Feel, do you feel bad? I feel bad. Dude, Dev, from the bottom of my heart, Feliz Cinco de, Cinco de Mayo from both of us, from all of us. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, really, I'm going to have a corona after work, you know. And, after, and, wow, it's, it must be a slow day. You know, it, it must be a busy be a day. Slow day. No, no, it's Cinco de Mayo. So, like, I'm I, well, glad I know I'm about like, finally showing up. Medina, the... that's my guy to, to actually call that out because it's a, it's pretty <laughs> important around here. Like, people have died on this day. It's so true. It's so true. May we never forget the true meaning behind Cinco de Mayo. I'm just proud of you for not drinking during the school day. I'm I'm proud of you. That's big props. (laughs) I'm sure that's where Adam is, though, celebrating Cinco de Mayo after he got done with his uh, May the 4th be with you parties last night. (laughs) <laughs> big couple days for him dude dude Marez is out of his mind he really has anyone talked to him uh vaguely. do we know he's okay i mean like <laughs> i think he's fine i spoke to him today <laughs> okay good d-line what do you think of aaron gordon's defense this season man aaron, like every aspect of aaron gordon's game is the same it is started off great mm. got terrible in the middle Actually, for his defense, it like just went down and down and down as the season went on. And I, what Dev said is exactly right. Like they they were just like, well, we've got the lockdown defender. Go get Steph Curry. Like go get uh, Ja Morant. Like go, like these guys that guys like Monte Morris can't stay in front of. And Aaron Gordon, who is lanky and rangy and big and can uh, you know like stick with these guards, is like just put in a situation where he can like stick with them, but like, he can't lock them up. I mean, it's impossible. It's an impossible ask for somebody like that. Um, yes. Watching him guard Kawhi Leonard was incredible. Watching him guard Luka Doncic was incredible. Like all of those, those, those players you called out. Exactly. That's exactly who you want. Uh, Aaron Gordon on like that. Being able to guard that, like abusive big three is like one of the most difficult asks in the nba it's like the most difficult defensive assignment and somehow we have that no problem but like just like general guard play we are so weak with which is shouldn't be that difficult like there's a million quick little guards like you know there's a lot of shaq harrisons in the world there's very few aaron gordons it's like frustrating that we're able to get like the easiest uh or, or that we're not able to address the what should be the easiest type of defense um but we have and you know like aaron gordon like he's Aaron Gordon is such a like bipolar player. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. He's just, I, I have like a really hard time just like universally p- praising or panning what he did because there are times where I'm like, Oh man, dude, how do we get this? dude? I cannot believe how badly we fleeced Orlando gave them Gary Harris and, 
Uh, God, I can't remember. Who RJ Hampton. RJ, your guy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yep. you. Sorry, RJ. I know you're watching. My apologies. Uh, it's Cinco Dev Mayo. My, 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 my brain is not where it needs to be. But sometimes you're like, I can't believe we fleeced them that, that hard to get Aaron Gordon out of there. And other times you're like, I, what I wouldn't give for RJ Hampton. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I actually didn't say that once this season. Yeah, I didn't say that either. RJ Hampton <laughs> did not have a great uh, sophomore campaign. Um, yeah. But... You know, like Aaron Gordon is just tricky, man. He, Aaron Gordon is like the actual, like he is, if you want to look at the Nuggets in this exact era, this this year specifically, like Aaron Gordon is like the perfect poster child for that that squad. It's like overachieving at t- sometimes, ultimately probably not as good as we need them to be, um, but like positive impact can be a superstar sort of, but like in a, in a superstar role player if that exists. Um, Mm -hmm. and you just know that when I just hate, like, I hate so much of the analysis that we have to do because it's like, you know, like how good is Harrison at being the producer and the host? Like, he's good. He's good. But like, it's better when we have the producer and the host here also. And then the show, you know, like it's, I can agree with that. Yeah. Right. Like. It's tough. Like we we don't have the squad, so we're just like, okay, Aaron Gordon was miscast. He did a pretty good job. He didn't do a great job. Um, I'd like to see him get better. Uh, I think he can get better, um, but I'd like to see him actually play his his role. I, I'm sure he would too. <laughs> yeah, there's a debate going on in the comments right now. Was Aaron Gordon better than Jeremy Grant? Dude, I think th- he absolutely was. The only thing Jeremy Grant's better at than Aaron Gordon, I think, is three point shooting. Aaron Gordon's a better defender. He is a better rebounder. People forget Jeremy Grant was a terrible rebounder Dude, in Denver. There's so much there is so much like uh retrofitting of Jeremy Grant. He yeah. Jeremy Grant was a he was on the bench most of the of the season. He what we we spent most of our time talking about how he was the most athletic player that didn't use his athleticism at all in his game. He like he got no rebounds. He wasn't shooting well. He was like not that big of a participant. He went into the bubble. He had like not even a good rounds. He had like a couple great games that were left with. And then he went to Detroit where he exploded um on an offensive level which he never could have done here but he wasn't that great for the nuggets like we're looking back we're like oh we could have jeremy grant but like we had jeremy grant and he wasn't that helpful he like was not that impactful as a nugget yeah i think the biggest thing that you like said with uh jeremy grant is or in bringing them both up is one of them got to see what it looks like at full strength like he got to see jamal murray michael porter jr and Jokic. so like that was his role and he was like fourth fifth guy Aaron Gordon has had to adapt. He does not know, you know, what type of player he is for Denver right now. It's only been, you know, we're talking about through the first 100 games. Um, Jimmy Grant got a full season at full strength to see what his highs and lows was. And like we said, the only thing that was different was the three-point shooting. But also, that's what he was, you know, and that's that's good for Jimmy Grant. That's what he focused on. That is not what Denver needs. Denver does not need a three-point shooter um, in the same ways. They need a defender. They need a guy that's going to be able to – Um, lock a guy down, also play uh, well alongside them. And also the most important piece is want to be in Denver. So like speaking about, you know, Jeremy Grant in that way for this entire time that he hasn't been there, it's been very difficult because one guy wanted to be in Denver and he's still, that's that's where he wants to do. And the other guy has moved on. So even speaking about it really does not do much for you because you can't change it. They didn't have the chance to bring him back. 
and they moved on to a better situation. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, 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 okay. Go ahead. I was no, gonna say people don't. are always also talking about his rebounding ability. You don't need rebounds on the Denver Nuggets. You have the most yeah, dominant they have, rebounder in the NBA. They uh, have a center who just sucks up every single rebound. Yeah, like I like what is who cares? <laughs> who cares if you don't have dominant rebounders? Like Denver almost always wins the rebounding battle on Nikola Jokic's back alone. Like Yeah. People don't remember how bad of a rebounder Jeremy Grant was. He was like, terrible. We, every, every single post-game lounge we talked about how bad of a rebounder Jeremy Grant was that season. This is the, the the refrain over and over is like, how is this the most athletic long guy we've ever seen that doesn't use any of those attributes? He just yeah. like sh- shoots mid-ranges. Uh, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't. He barely dunks. I, it, it was confusing. I mean, I listen. I like Jeremy Grant, but I, I'm, I'm certainly not. I, I don't look in the rearview mirror like, oh man, what we could have had. Like, I don't either. Me, Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon is a much better complimentary player for the Denver Nuggets. I agree. I want to go back to something you said a few minutes ago, Eric, talking about Aaron Gordon's defense and how he's better at guarding those big wings than those smaller guards. And I totally agree with you. But it's funny to go back. Two years ago, when the Nuggets got Aaron Gordon, or a year and a half ago, they got Aaron Gordon thinking, oh, who do we really have to defend in the playoffs? The Lakers with LeBron James and the Clippers with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. It's funny how, like, a year and a half later, neither of those teams have – well, the Clippers didn't have either of those guys in the playoffs last year or this year really Paul George, like a tiny bit in the plan and the Lakers um, made the playoffs last year, but were trash and this year didn't even make the playoffs. So it's funny how that's just shifted from like, Oh, we got to worry about the LA teams and their big wings to these smaller guards, the John Morant's of the world, uh, the Devin Booker's of the world. It's just been interesting how that shifted over the last one and a half years. Yeah. It's. I think. I think a lot of that is that, like we. I was saying, like a dominant three in this league is about the most rare thing that you can find. Like, like, like a LeBron James, like a uh, Luka Doncic, like these really big body guys that are that play the game with power and finesse. Um, It's more common for. I, I. At least I think. I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's like more common to find like a. Devin Booker type, not not the the quality of him, but just that style of player. Like a small, you know, he is more traditional uh, in that he is not nearly as big bodied as as mm-hmm. those guys, and so he doesn't. You don't have to worry about like the physicality of a Devin Booker. You have to worry about the range yeah. and the finesse and like being able to stick with him, make, being able to like fight through screens. Um, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, those guys. Um, and you know LeBron James is 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 no longer probably uh, the king of this league anymore. Like you don't have to necessarily like plan your entire defense against a guy like that. Um, Luca is like kind of working his way up. Although I guess I mean he's the one, right? Like he's not even he's not even playing the three. Um, he's like the one, two, three, four. Yeah, guys. right. Kawhi Kawhi is like another guy that's like probably somewhere in between Devin Booker and LeBron James, but. Um, it is why I mean it's funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just interesting how just the whole conversation about who Denver needs to worry about in the West has has shifted over the last year and a half. Um, here are some of Devin Booker or Devin Booker Aaron Gordon's defensive highlights from this season. 
not surprising, most of them took place early in the year. October 29th, the Nuggets beat the Mavs 106-75. Luka Doncic was limited to 16 points on 5 of 18 shooting. Aaron Gordon was, was doing most of the defense there. On the season, if you look at the matchup data on NBA.com, Luka shot 7 of 24 from the field when guarded by Aaron Gordon in three games. He really shut him down. And if you go back to when the Nuggets traded for Gordon, I had people with the Nuggets telling me they thought that Aaron Gordon was the best matchup for Luka in the entire league. So I don't think it's that surprising that he's been able to really shut him down like he has. Trey Young shot 9 of 22 versus Aaron Gordon in two games this season. Brandon Ingram shot 5 of 13 versus Gordon in two games. In the playoffs, Jordan Poole shot 4 of 14 with Gordon defending. And if you remember, that kind of shifted in game, I think, three it was when Aaron Gordon really started guarding Jordan Poole. Uh, he did get lit up by a lot of guys, Devin Booker, Bogdanovich, John Moran, Donovan Mitchell. But he, he did have some standout games. Dev, here's my question for you. Do How big of a priority in your mind is it for the Nuggets to go out and get another, I'm just going to say, clearly above average defender on the wing? Or are you comfortable going into next season with Aaron Gordon as kind of your go-to fire extinguisher on the wing against you know th those opposing small forwards? I am very, very confident in Aaron Gordon's ability to defend as many players as possible. But I definitely want them to go after another defender and to give him um, another option um, defensively where, you know, even if you just talked about that um, defensive tree, like he guarded Jordan Poole, Trey Young, Luka. You just said guys that are playing different positions where he's having to adjust the type of defender that he is while also having to be an offensive guy as well. Like mm -hmm. he's not able to just focus on playing basketball. He's having to be the – the lockdown guy, he has a lot more assignments than everyone else does have. Um, he's having to study everybody's habits. And also, he can't anchor all by himself. So now you have other guys. And that's what makes teams like the Bucks and the Mavericks um, so successful. While they have a really good defender, everyone else is bought in. The Heat, um, for instance, everyone else is where you can't have those type of switches, especially when you look at Jamal Murray coming back from an injury who was not, you know, uh, a relatively great defender. Michael Porter Jr., who was not a relatively great defender. Um, they're going to get attacked. Like, people are going to go after them, and they're going to try to get them into pick-and-roll situations. And um, having another guy that you can just, like, throw out there and give him plays off and also a, a switchable defender, that will go a long way. So um, when you have to sit there and think about, like, Gary Harris coming back, Shaquille Harrison coming back and things like that. There are other people out there that you can get where you're not having to miss those guys every single time because you have another defensive option. Like Aaron, I mean, Austin Rivers is probably going to come back to Denver and it's based off of how he defended in the second round. This is they a guy need that him because else... he's their only other, I think, like clearly above average defender on the way. Exactly. And you talk about the importance of um, – or. Malone talked about the importance of um, winning a championship right now. The only way you can do that is if you have a defensive-minded team or a team that has a defensive identity as well because you're going to be able to answer with scoring. So now having other people alongside Aaron Gordon is going to go a long way. So while I think that he's a great defender and it's great to have an anchor, a defensive anchor, you're going to need other guys around them. So go and get another defender. Go and change your, your, you know, your team where the rotation has – 
multiple guys that you could bring in, even if it's situational. Yeah. I want to talk more about um, maybe a potential Gary Harris return. Uh, on the other side, we'll take a quick break, though, and then we'll get to that and Aaron Gordon's best game and best moment uh, this season. Got to talk to you guys about the American Raptors who play out at Infinity Park, though. If you haven't heard of the American Raptors, they're Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team. They are comprised of athletes who have competed at the highest levels of their respective sports. They come from backgrounds in football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, track and field. They're all ridiculous athletes. They've teamed together on the American Raptors, the rugby team that plays out at Infinity Park. If you want to hit up a game, they're free, but you do have to grab a ticket. Head over to AmericanRaptors.com to grab that ticket. If you can't make the game, they stream all their games on AmericanRaptors.com. Also, check out the weekly DNVR Rugby Podcast with Colton Strickler. He's got a total lock on all the rugby news, not just in Colorado, but throughout the whole country as well. So make sure to subscribe to that on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. We got a comment about Gary Harris, D-Line. I got to ask you, (laughs) what's your thoughts on a potential Gary Harris reunion? He's a free agent. He had a little bounce back of a season in Orlando. What do you think? Wow, what do I think? Uh, Wow. Uh, I mean, obviously the numbers matter. Uh, the years. Let, let me let me read. Let me read you his stats. Let me read you his stats from last season. Eleven points per game, two rebounds, two assists in twenty-eight minutes. He started like half the year. The most important stat, though, he shot thirty-eight and a half percent from three. That's back up there with his, you know, 2016, 2017 numbers. Uh see, this is the thing where, like, you don't. <laughs> You don't know how much sentimentality is involved with, I mean, it feels like a lot of sentimentality it, it is involved does. when uh, you're talking about whether or not it makes sense to bring back Gary Harris. Gary Harris is a good player. I mean, we love Gary Harris for, because he was, uh, you know, he was Mr. Nugget. He was uh, ascending every year. He was the best player somehow uh, for a few years or a year, at least one year on the Denver Nuggets. Um, he's undersized. He is tenacious. He is unreliable when it comes to his shooting. But it would feel nice to get the band back together, would it not? <laughs> it would, but he's also a really good defender. You know, he is he, a really good he, defender. I think he instantly would be Denver's best point of attack defender. Like instantly, I think he's a better defender than Austin Rivers, who right now is like, Denver's probably best point of attack defender. So I just think instantly he'd be an upgrade there. Gary Harris flipped the Utah series for the Denver Nuggets. Donovan Mitchell was eating the Denver Nuggets alive. Mm -hmm. Gary Harris made his reemergence halfway through that series and completely changed the dynamic. And the Nuggets won the series because of it, because of his defensive uh, tenacity on the court. I don't know. Is he the same guy? Like he really like, I mean, he fell off a cliff. He wasn't uh, the, uh, I mean, when, when, when it all sadly came to an end here in Denver, like we weren't praising Gary Harris's defense. We weren't like sad that it was, it was going. I mean, his, and his shooting was abysmal. It Um, was, it was definitely time to move on when the nuggets moved on. 
But the thing is, if he came back here, he'd be kind of playing a similar role to the one he did play in the bubble where they really just needed him for his defense and his spot up shooting. Uh, but then you can say he kind of knows the system. He knows how to play Jokic ball as do well. We, do we know if he still wants to play NBA basketball? <laughs> he hadn't, he had a nice year. He had a nice bounce back okay. year. All right. This listen, was a bounce listen, back year. Just ask the question. Yeah. I'm just, I'll, listen, I, I'll do it. Mr. Nuggets. No problem. Three Mr. Nuggets is. It, Gary, it would, Bones, yeah, there would be and some, Monte. Uh, some Holy potential smokes. infighting in the locker room over the Mr. Nuggets. Would there be crown. more? I, I mis- see that. Would there be more Mr. Nuggets than not? <laughs> <laughs> what do yeah. you think, Dev? What do you think? Um, I think that uh, Gary Harris, like, uh, like, really plays Jokic style basketball. He, um, like he you said, he knows guy, the man. system and things like that. But yeah, also, hey, you have you have a draft pick. There's a lot of you know those type of players, especially that are young in the league and also they're going to be healthy. Like Gary Harris, like one of his biggest things was health when he was with the Nuggets. And that's what like set him back a lot of the times you could go get the same type of idea um, that they're young. They're trying to learn They're They're picking up a lot of new things, but also you get them for a lot, you know, cheaper and also longer. So like, I think that it would be great to bring back Gary Harris, but I think it makes more sense for you to just go young and to start it over and to just build a guy in the league that starts as a defender uh, that has to learn the system and things like that. You're not going to need them for offense, um, especially with both? everybody coming back. Can you're you going to need someone. I don't, you can do both, but also you have to like now let him know he's going to only be a situational guy. It's hard to get a only situational guy that's been a veteran that's seen it all. Um, that's, you know, been, he's had success in Denver. So it's going to be hard to say, Hey, your time has passed and <laughs> you know, you're done. So I think that like, yeah, go young. I really do feel like you could bring a new like guy in where it's not only like a Shaq Harris, where it's not only like Austin Rivers. Those are the, the older guys that they brought in, bring in a young guy that like, that's all he knows. That's all he's going to be. And he understands that. Matthew brought up this point. Gary led the league in corner three-point percentage. I just went and looked up his uh, corner three percentage. I'm guessing it's true because get ready for this. Gary Harris just shot 47% from the corners this season in Orlando. On volume? How much did he shoot? 46% of his three-point attempts came from the corners. And on the season, he shot five threes per game. Wow. Oh, that's pretty great. Like, that is a shock. Oh, that's one, interesting. Actually. That's interesting right there. Whoever brought that's that up, that's a good stat right there. That's yeah, a great stat, Matthew. Here's here's my thoughts. I'd be all for a Gary Harris reunion as long as it doesn't cost the Nuggets that much money. Um, his injury stuff definitely is still a concern, but I kind of think he'd be nice as a guy off the ball who just plays defense and shoots threes. Here's what I wonder if the Nuggets would think about, though. I think Gary Harris is a better defender than Austin Rivers. How much better of a defender, I think, is up for interpretation. Austin Rivers maybe a slightly worse shooter, but, like, how much of a worse shooter? Up for debate. I wonder if the Nuggets would go, we could have Austin Rivers for, like, a veteran's minimum. We could have Gary Harris for, like, $8 million. What would we rather have? What would be a better use of our resources? What is the vet minimum these days? Do we know? It's like 
almost two million, I think it'd be for Austin Rivers. Oh, it's like a variable number based on like how long. Yeah, it goes up and down based on how many years you've played. I, I just think that's the conversation the Nuggets would have there because they do play the same position. Ideally, you know, you want to get a wing, a six four through six nine guy, not a six two or six three Gary Harris. Yeah, this is yeah. funny because they're like the Nuggets are. I mean, they're just like right. They're bumping their heads against the tax this last season. Yeah, and like this next season. If they are true to their word, should be that this it's championship or bust should be the season where they finally do bust into the tax for the first time in in our lifetimes, as far as I know. Um, and so, I mean, my God, I don't know, Gary Harris. I, <laughs> uh, let's let's move on because we've we've talked about Gary Harris for too long, and this is a show about Aaron Gordon, or but was the, supposed the, to be the, about Aaron Gordon. But quickly, Walter Walter X tax. Who cares? Like. What that does, though, is it it starts the timer for owners. It's it, because it it's a multiplier. It's like yeah, you can't you can't just stay in the tax forever. It like becomes it gets to the point where it's like you it, it essentially signifies that you are all in in every way financially. Like we've been building to the point where it's like okay, th- we're the team is growing. It's growing and like now okay, we're going to go in the tax. We're going to spend money we're, to get those like high-end players that are uh, around the fringe. We're going to pay for those as well. We're not just going to try and scrimp and save everywhere we can. So we'll see. I mean, I'd you know, if they could do – I mean, you know, Gary Harris could easily replace Will Barton. Uh, We could easily also have uh, Austin Rivers, and we have more than one dynamic defender uh, to, you know, not only for the long season that is the NBA season, but just for, you know, situational things to be able to always have a dynamic wing wing and, and guard defender on the court. I mean, we have to do that. Yeah, I mean, I don't care about the Kroenke's money. They should spend as much as I don't care. Tim Conley wants him to spend. Yeah, we're we're just saying like this is the what the conversation is like at Ball Arena. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Aaron Gordon, his best moment this season. I've got two for you guys. I've got two. Um, first, the game winning three against the Clippers. Of course. Of course. That's the number I mean, one. that's number one. The first one that came to mind. No question. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of another play that stood out from Aaron Gordon, how about that reverse alley-oop he had against the Timberwolves in April? Like one of the best in-game dunks I've ever seen. That was freaking ridiculous <laughs> one of his yeah, 130 yeah. dunks this season <laughs> yeah yeah that was that's a wild play like really he has some plays that it was just like wow like having a guy that can do that at, at any time and also i think that what was so important about that uh clippers game is um he just had success against that same team like a week prior where we had he had 30 points um and set his like season high um and then in this game, he backs it up and he has 28 points. Um, he set a, a season high in minutes uh, because it went into overtime. And then he seals the deal um, with the three-point shot. I feel like this is where his confidence came back. It wasn't that he was playing, like, bad, but I feel, I feel like he was, like, questioning, exa- like, what it was, like, what's his purpose or should he be an offensive guy or a defensive guy. And I feel like his, his three-point shot finally came back and he also had his moment in Denver where everybody's like, hey, you know, you're you're one of us. Um, so I think that that had to be like his most important game, um, especially coming off of a loss to Utah right before that, which who loses to Utah? Yeah, man. And then, yeah, it's being brought up in the chat. I was going to say the 
dust up with Russell Westbrook was incredible. Yeah. There's like a couple, there's like big moments where he game winner, like thunderous dunk. And then there's like symbolic moments, which is not backing down in any way from Russell Westbrook laughing at him. Right. Uh, also, yeah, actually laughing at him, laughing at him, great. and then also um, the same evolution that took place between he and Draymond Green, where he was being punked in the first couple games, and then he his spine stiffened, and we shot we saw like real resolve, and we saw actually he wasn't just taking punches; he was punching back. Like those two moments for me, like really, because that was kind of the you know, like having him. He's been here for a little bit. You're sometimes you're like, man, AG's kind of soft. Sometimes, like he kind of plays soft. Sometimes, like mm-hmm. he's like a big well, guy, but wh- he doesn't. When always... he takes those, like when he's fading away in the post against like Alfred Payton. I don't know why yes. I brought up Alfred Payton, but just like an <laughs> undersized guy where he yes. clearly has a mismatch. You're like, dude, what the hell? Yes, and he just had that moment, like, like, no, like, no, like, I'm not taking this anymore. So. I, I mean, I love those moments. The, for, the, for me, I mean, the game winner is obviously the best. No question. Yeah. But I love, I His... love that he that he showed resolve and he showed that like that Paul Millsap thing that like, yep. you know, no, you, you're not punking us kind of moment. Yeah. His best game. I mean, he had a lot of really great games throughout the season, offensively and defensively. I've got to say though, just when talking about his best game and kind of the Aaron Gordon story of the season, I got to go with game four against the Warriors. I mean, to bounce back from what happened over the first three games of that series, where, like you said, Draymond Green just dominated that matchup and like really just sunned Aaron Gordon. Oh yeah. I mean, for pussy boy on the court. Oh, it's, it's vote. He's, he's back from watching the Rockies. How was the Rockies game? Oh, they're winning. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Votes actually, yeah, he's on the Rockies beat today. I don't know what bet he lost to have to do that. But, <laughs> um, but Aaron Gordon, game four versus, versus the Warriors, to bounce back from the first three games of that series where he looked terrible, 21 points. He got to the line 13 times, six rebounds, four assists, two steals, two blocks, and a win. He was pretty good in game three as well, but the game four win – I'm taking that as his best game of the season. That that turnaround from Aaron Gordon, I mean, that showed me a lot. That that just showed me a lot about the the person and, and how tough he is as a player. Yeah, and they also have their initiation moments where that's like what you're known for. You're supposed to be the tough guy. Um, you had the Paul Millsap moment. Um, you have a lot of Jermichael Green moments um, yeah. as the enforcer. You know, DeMarcus Cousins is DeMarcus Cousins. So now you have Aaron Gordon who gets to bounce back not only – against anyone but Draymond Green, who was, you know, pretty much kicking his ass in every single way and just is really out there trying to be that guy that's trying to test you. And for him to show, like, I'm not afraid, I'm going to bounce back, I'm going to respond. And also, Denver is not punks. Like, I feel like that's like a narrative that they've been trying to answer for a while, and he answered that um, and put those questions to bed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, D-Line, how – how excited are you for Aaron Gordon's season next year? Because we've talked about this a little bit, but he'll be sliding back into like that fourth option role where I think he's more comfortable. And I think that his game is better suited for. He was playing as that second or third option this year. Are you expecting like an even more efficient season from Aaron Gordon next year? Yes, he came dude. that beautiful 
eight games that will only ever that feels like it was a dream, a, a memory, a, an oasis in the <laughs> desert, like that was so perfect. And the Denver Nuggets worked like a well-oiled machine. Like we see the Suns look like sometimes, like we see the Warriors. There was an answer for every scenario that came up. It was Aaron Gordon slashing, dunking, yeah. Jamal Murray splashing threes, Michael Porter Jr. spacing the court, Jokic just directing traffic, Will Barton playing to the best of his ability, super complimentary. Um, and now, and that was like Aaron Gordon just arriving in town, like all of his shit still in a suitcase. Like he didn't know anything about the Nuggets. He just knew about basketball and like how to play it in general terms with Nikola Jokic. And now, now they know each other intimately. And like yeah. the thought of him being able to go back and be like, okay, like now I can just hang out. Like I don't need to hang out here and shoot the three. I can hang out in the dunker spot. I can wait for a good opportunity because the court is so spaced to actually make a well-timed slash to the basket. I can, uh, you know, just focus on defense and not have to like wear myself out trying to get open for a shot. Um, it's going to be incredible, man. I mean, we saw it. That's, that's the thing. Is it's this isn't theory. Like this is just we need to get back to what we to science what we saw with our eyes that like the way yeah. we saw it all work together was perfect it was a perfect combination of players so <clears throat> and i i actually went back and looked at the stats from that run what aaron gordon did and he actually only played with jamal murray for five of those games because jamal was in and out of the lineup and then of course towards acl yes, but yes 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 <laughs> aaron gordon and jamal murray have only played five games together here's aaron gordon's averages in those games 13.2 points on 64% shooting. Yes, because that's dunking. what I expect from yeah, that's what I expect from Aaron Gordon this season. Maybe lower on the points, but higher on the efficiency. Yeah, and the best part about that is I'm sure that they went five and oh in that time frame. Like he was a, a player that they like they brought him in to do a specific thing and he did those type of things, especially as like the fourth option. Um so now in this year, he just picks up a lot more tools that he gets to use next year. So like the excitement level is extremely high because you have um, the ability to have this play that you get to run over and over. You also are now being able to not have to defend and use all of your energy on that end of the floor. Um, you also get to open up your game in a lot of different ways and also be used as a slasher um, with a lot more spacing. Like just think about now Aaron Gordon gets to go one-on-one -on -one with guys the entire time. And also like, as like just the throw up option where he's just dunking, um, he gets to be on the fast breaks where he's not the only one having to um, grab boards because now you bring back Michael Porter Jr. Who's a really good, you know, rebounder. Um, you have guys that have to open up the floor in different ways. So the excitement level is like through the roof because we haven't actually got to see Aaron Gordon, but in only five games, um, because everything else was him adapting on the fly. He was still really good. Yeah. They went four and one in those games. Four and one. And you know the one that they lost. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it anymore. But it was it was that one in the bay. God damn it. <laughs> uh, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Dev, huge shout out, man. Thanks for using your lunch break to hop on a podcast. We we really appreciate it. Hope you don't get fired, man. I actually hope you do get fired. Yeah, yeah, I see, I see what's happening here, Eric. It's all part of your uh, plan. Guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow uh, here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast. 
Let me see if I can find the YouTube end screen. See, this oh. is where I actually do miss Kale. You do the end miss, of the show. You, after you smack talk Kale, now look at We you. gotta like wrap it up. Out here. Yeah, here it is. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.